Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. People with, with the message and the gospel of Christ Jesus, I'm telling you, it's well worth it. And we uh, give, give away 10% of every dollar that comes into the church. We give 10% of that away uh, to people across the world who are uh, serving and helping people in need. And, and we're thrilled and blessed to be able to be a part of that. So. Come on, we're going to get into the Word today. Hey, if you're visiting with us today, my name is Ryan. I know I met a couple of new folks here today. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Um, my wife was the was uh, the young lady over here. And I was going to say um, the beautiful lady, but they're both very beautiful ladies. Come on, Letitia, we love you. But I have a, a specific bias to this girl, so thank the Lord, amen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a weird Sunday? I'm like, the pastor? No, anyway. But uh, this one here, and uh, we love her, and she did a great job. The whole team, come on, let's give our worship team and Pastor James a hand today. Uh, Vince, I'm sure you hear it, but there's a little little ring in the, in the audio here. Thanks for fixing that for me. Uh, come on, Will. We've been in a series uh, called Matters of the Heart. And uh, it's been great so far. We've only been in it one week, but this is our second week. And uh, what we've been doing is walking through the values of our church. We're just a young baby church. We're about three and a half years old, going into our fourth year here in a couple of months. And we did this series in the very first 10 weeks of our church. And I felt like I wanted to revisit this, uh, this, this idea, but also take at it from a little bit of a, a more of a, uh, a personal level to try to bring these values down to not just our values as an organization or as a church, but come down deeper into your life and really help you understand how this is not only who we are, but who we hope you'll become too. And so as we study this out together today, my heart would be is that you'd be encouraged, challenged, and that you leave today feeling blessed by God's word and that you would know that our heart here today at Love City Church is obviously we wanna love people and we want obviously wanna love Jesus first. We wanna love people unconditionally, amen? That's what we talked about last week. And if you didn't hear it, I encourage you to go and listen because uh, I think it was a really great way to talk about how we can only love others and love God if we are first embracing and accepting the unconditional love of Jesus Christ in our lives, amen? And so, come on, this week we're talking about something that I love. We love family, Prioritizing family is a matter of the heart. Come on, we love family. We love moms. We love dads. We love kids. We love grandfathers, grandmothers, aunts, and uncles. Come on, we love engaged couples. We love dating couples. We love the single folks, too. We love you all. We love you guys. Come on, all the single ladies. Come on, there you go in the back. I'll try to get you a date by the end today. We'll pray for that altar call. Come forward. But no, we're so, we love family. Wow, Dassey's like, my girls, come on now. Ah. Oh, awesome. But come on, we love family in our church. We love the spiritual family too. We love how God brings us together. And you know, some of you in this room love the spiritual family more than you love your natural family. Oh boy. Uh, we love family. We love spiritual family. We love the spiritual moms and spiritual dads and the aunties for you. People say it, aunts. I call them aunts or like an insect, aunts and uncles. And, uh, you know, all the grandmothers, grandfathers, you know, we really believe that family is beautiful. And we really believe that uh, what happens is, is that you become a part of the family of God. You give your life to Jesus Christ and you become a part of the community of Jesus and it transforms your life. And man, you begin to see an undeniable difference in your life from where you were. And when you go back to your family or back to your other, uh, other family unit, you see, whoa, life is totally different now that I'm following Jesus. 
like my life looks different and feels different and acts different and I think differently. And man, it just, there's a, such a contrast. There's an undeniable difference in my life. When I choose to follow Christ and give my life to him and become a part of the body, man, my life is just undeniably different. And, and, it's, and, it's, and God is moving in my life and it's just fantastic. And, you know, I just really believe that there's something powerful about the church and being a part of a church and being a part of a local church where you can learn how to be, you know, a mother and a father. You can learn from example from people how to have a good dating relationship and how to make singlehood thrive until God calls you on to marriage and, how, you know, how to be a, a grandfather, grandmother. The church is the place where we can learn as followers of Jesus Christ how to be everything that God has called us to be as the family. And really, we pray that, that ongoing, our value of family will be to be a, a, an equipping place, a place where we can teach one another and grow uh, as, uh, as one and learn how to be the best moms and dads, the best uh, kids, the best parents, the best uh, family that God's called us to be. Amen? Amen? That's our heart. That's our prayer. But I'm going to go a little bit deeper this morning into the idea of family because really, ultimately, family is a matter of the heart. It comes down to the realities of our heart, and truly it comes down to the core of who we are. And really from the beginning of time, we see that God created the heavens and the earth. When he created the heavens and the earth, he created the first family. We see in Genesis chapter uh, 1, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign in it. And then God looked over all that he had made, and he saw that it was very good. Of all the days where, Jesus, where, where God created the heavens and the earth, this was the one day where he said it was very good. Very good for the family relationship. And as we look at the family relationship, we recognize that we see a man and a woman. And all throughout chapter 1 to 3, we see they called each other husband and wife. So there was a wedding in there, but we didn't get invited to it. I don't know what happened, but they just were married. And there you go, husband and wife. And I think, you know, they were in this perfect, euphoric relationship with God. Their marriage was perfect. And I think it's maybe because there was no kids in Eden, huh? <laughs> all the parents were like, Hallelujah! Right? In Eden, there was no kids. So that's it. Let's put the mic down and we're done. No, just kidding. No, there was no kids in Eden, but there was this perfect relationship with God and they had this perfect union and this perfect mother. And there were this uh, uh, husband and wife. And God said, I want, you to, I want you to fill it. I want you to have children. I want you to multiply. Now, I want to make sure that I also recognize that, that in our world today, well, I know a lot of folks personally who are attempting to have children and cannot or have struggled in that, uh, that way physically. And I want you to know that, that I can't even begin to understand what it must be be like to be in your shoes, but I want you to know that God still wants you to give you the freedom to be a spiritual mom and dad if that's not something you've been able to do. That even though we'll pray with you and believe that God's going to do a miracle in your body and in your life, the church is a place where you can still function as that mom and dad and still function as that place. And we want to be sensitive to that reality that, that God does call us to have children as married people. But saying that, there are certain, certain circumstances that are out of our control that I'm not going to address today, but I want you to hear my heart in it, that that is the original intention of what God said. I want you to be a family. And I want, if you wouldn't be here today if you weren't a son and a daughter, and, and there's husbands and wives, and there's children, and there's grandfathers and grandmothers, and all throughout Scripture we see this reality. And so they have this reality of filling the earth and walking with God in this perfect marriage, but then something happened. And if you've read the Bible before, you would know this very clearly that in the Genesis chapter 3, uh, they decided, Adam and Eve decided to kind of pursue their own interests. That they had a decision to, to choose between two trees and you can choose this tree and this tree will, will actually, I don't want you to choose this tree, God said, but if you choose this tree, you're going to be disobedient to me because ultimately this tree represents really you pursuing a life without me, really pursuing your own selfish 
ambition. And unfortunately, Adam and Eve chose their selfish ambition and their desire to be like God versus uh, being obedient to God. And so they were no longer able to be in the place of Eden where it was like this perfect place of relationship with God. Now they were outside of Eden. They were banished from that garden and they were no longer to have access to that garden. But now they're living outside the garden, but life continued. And this is where the turmoil and the relational drama that I call it came in all of our relationships when Adam and Eve chose their own self-motivation and their own selfish ambition and their own ways and really themselves over God, this is what caused the relational trauma that we still experience today outside of the Garden of Eden, outside of a perfect relationship with God. Now they're living in the world and in Genesis chapter 4, it goes right into their relationship. It tells us right away what the family looked like. It said, Adam made love to his wife Eve and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. So right away, we see a husband and a wife, a man and a woman in a marriage relationship. We, we see sexual relationship. We see uh, children giving birth to two sons and life looked good. But then all of a sudden, uh, uh, Cain and Abel decided that they, they, they wanted to bring an offering to God and, and bring an offering to him. And one of the, the brothers brought uh, an offering that was the best of his crop and the other brother didn't bring uh, the best of, of his offering to God. And so God accepted one offering over the other and this other brother was so upset about that, that he took him out in the field one day and killed his brother. And so here we have the first relationship in the Bible, the first family in the Bible had murder of a brother. Now, I don't know about you, but the turmoil in my relationships or my family sure ain't murder. <laughs> That was pretty intense and a pretty real thing that in that time, right from the very beginning of time, relationships and family started with turmoil. We look at Abraham. Abraham had a kid with his nanny, and then he went into a town and pretended like his wife was his sister, which is kind of weird. And then some guy hit on Abraham's wife and took him to be his wife. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry, by the way, that, that's actually not my sister. That's, that's actually my wife. And he's like, what? what? What are you talking about, bro? Like, that's a little awkward. Like, you have, you know, the the story of Jacob and Jacob completely uh, lied to his mom, his brothers and his, 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 I'm sorry, his brother and his, his dad and, and his mom wanted to trick his dad. And there was just this terrible relationship where his father liked his other brother more than him. And then Joseph was born and was the favorite of his father and his brother sold him into slavery. Theologians believe that David wasn't the greatest dad and that David actually missed a lot of the moments to be a good father. And the first civil war that was recorded in scripture was between David and his son Absalom. All throughout scripture, from generation upon generation, we see dysfunction and disorder, all from the reality of selfish ambition in our hearts. We look at it last week, we talked about how the, the Bible teaches us that the, the heart is deceitful beyond all measure. And the, the scripture says that God says he's looking at our secret motive, searching our heart for our secret motive. We have to recognize that every one of us here has this selfish ambition in our heart from long ago. But you might look at your relationship or your family and say, you don't know my situation, Ryan. You don't know the brokenness of my marriage. You don't know about the divorce. You don't know about the infidelity. You don't know about how my dad did to me and how my dad treated me. Listen, I don't know. And I have never been in your shoes. And I'm not not minimizing the realities of the impact of your family, but I am saying this. I want you to know today, if you have a wacky, crazy family and bad things have happened to you, I want you to know you are not the only one. It's been happening for generations. 
For years upon years, families have fallen apart and families have been broken and families have been focused on the wrong things and children have been abandoned and, and divorce for uh, unnecessary reasons has happened and difficulties happen all throughout the history of mankind. And we can point it down to one reality, the selfish ambition in our heart that we were no longer living inside the reality of the Eden. We were now living a life in this sinful world where bad things happen and we don't understand why, but we live in a sinful world and God remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. God never changes, but we do. And this selfish ambition in our lives actually often causes us to, to, to be the very core issue of our relational problems. And really, look what James 3.16 says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and evil of every kind. So the word selfish ambition, the actual Greek word means to put oneself forward above everyone else or past everyone else. So you're putting yourself forward past everyone else. The word disorder means, look at this, confusion. The word disorder means instability. Listen to this. The Greek definition of this word uh, disorder is the interruption of a settled and peaceful condition. That wherever there is a heart or a life trying to put itself forward, there will be confusion, there will be instability, there will be an interruption of a settled and a peaceful condition in your life. I think we can locate the foundational problem with all relationships. It's called our human nature. We're human. And more often than not, without even realizing it, we have a secret motivation ultimately to push ourselves forward because we are the born from Adam and Eve. We, that was started in them and all the way from generation to generation, we have this sinful nature and our hearts sometimes deceive us and we don't even know it and don't even realize it that our motivation is actually about me and not the person. This is the reality of the situation that we're in. But I want you to know that there is an anecdote, there is a, a fix, there is a, an answer for our problem. I want you to think about your family for a moment. Maybe you grew up in a family where you were, maybe you were uh, in a, an abusive father, or maybe you were neglected as a child, or maybe you're here today and you came up through the foster care system where you were adopted and you've never met your mom and dad. Maybe you say to me, Ryan, my life is, my, I grew up in a terrible, terrible home and they were abusive and they were alcoholics and things were hard and there was a brutal divorce. Or maybe you're here today and say, gosh, I have to say, I actually didn't have a lot of problems and I think my parents are just the best and life is the best. And we celebrate with you that you think that. I bet if you got down to the nitty gritty and the skeletons in every closet, it'd be the same as everybody else. But at the end of the day, I celebrate with you if that's your position in life because the truth is, whether you're in the good, you're in the bad, or you're in the terribly ugly, the reality is that every single person here today experiences the impact of the selfish ambition and selfish nature in our lives and it plays out in our families. It plays out in the reality of our families and we see that this dysfunction that we face is a challenge. But Jesus came to earth for this very purpose. See, Jesus came to earth to make us new creations. He came to earth so that you and I could experience a new relationship a new day. He came and preached a type of living and a type of parenting and a type of uh, 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 fathering and mothering and relationship that that culture had never heard before. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ was a way for you and I to experience the life that God intended for us from the beginning. 
He came preaching a message of hope and restoration and truth and life and love. He came preaching a message of joy and, 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 and partnership and, and transformation in the lives of people. This gospel message that we are preaching today about Jesus Christ and this man that walked on the earth taught this revolutionary idea that your family actually has a different way to function. Why? Because you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're a new person in him. And our new story has begun. We have a new story as followers of Jesus Christ, a new day, a new creation. I want to jump into this verse here for a moment just to help you understand a little bit of Jesus' heart for you today. In Matthew chapter 19, says some Pharisees came to him and test him, test Jesus. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? So we're talking about family here. Now, there's two different sides of the story when this, these Pharisees who were like lawyers who tried to prove Jesus wrong, they wanted Jesus to take a position. And I'm not here today to preach about a position on divorce. That's for another day. But I want you to catch the heart of what I'm saying today. What I'm saying today is that there was two different sides of the story when Jesus talked about divorce. On one side, they said that, that these, these Pharisaical teachers taught, they believed that you could divorce your, you divorce your wife for any reason you wanted. So you just don't like the way your hair looks today. See you later which would be terrible because we all know we wake up with bad hair days. The other side of the coin is, listen, the only reason you can divorce is if there's sexual impropriety or, or there's been fornication or something outside of the marriage and there's been, uh, there's been a partnership breach. And so, so they come to Jesus saying, Jesus, choose one. What's your position? And Jesus, he says to them this verse, haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning, the creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together let no one separate. He says, listen, the issue isn't a position on this or that. I want you to know that in the beginning, none of this was intended for you in the first place. What you're experiencing right now in your relationship where it's broken and it's hurting, I want you to know today that is not the intention that God has for your life. Isn't it just like our world, just like these teachers to come and say, hey, can, can you basically divorce your wife if you feel like it? That's our culture today. That's our society today. Just do whatever makes you feel good. You don't like it anymore? Move on. You don't like how this works? Try that. Move on. Do whatever makes you feel God. Feel good. Your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth. Whatever makes me feel good, I'm going to do. That is the culture that permeates our society today. Did you know that today, all throughout our society, that, that they don't even report divorce, divorce statistics anymore. Uh, that they don't even research those anymore. Last time they created a poll research was in 2008. They stopped looking at it. Now they believe that over 40% of Canadians who get married will end in divorce. That 1.7 million, 1.7 million families are single home families because of uh, infidelity or divorce or because of abandonment from a father or a mother. We see across our landscape of our world, we see families that are broken and families that are hurting. Do you know that in the last two months, the high, one of the highest, 30% higher than it's ever been before, the word divorce in Google has gone up 30% in the last six months. The, the, actually, mattress sales has been record high, and it's because people are coming in and buying mattresses so they can sleep in a separate room away from their husband or wife. 
We live in a world today where the world says, do whatever you want. Do whatever makes you feel good. Do whatever makes you feel right. Do whatever makes you happy. Do whatever makes, just, just suits your well-being. But I want you to know today that that is not what Jesus intends for you. He says, I didn't intend for any of this brokenness and any of this, this difficulty you're facing in your family. The message of Jesus to you today is, I do not intend it. I never intended it. I don't want this for your family. I want you to be whole and restored and made new. I want you to have hope and joy and peace and life in your life. That is what the new creation in Christ experiences. Look what he says. These guys rebuttaled him. They came back. He said, so why then did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? If you're saying that it wasn't like this, then why, why did Moses do that? Why did Moses give them permission to divorce? Look what he says. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. He says, listen, I didn't want that. I didn't want your relationships to be broken. I didn't want there to be infidelity. I didn't want there to be brokenness. I didn't want there to be unforgiveness and bitterness and, and pain. I didn't want this to be your experience, but I want you to know that your hearts were focused on your own self-motivation. So Moses allowed it, but look what he says in this verse. But it was not this way from the beginning. This wasn't the life that God has for you. He says, as a follower of Jesus Christ, there's a life that you can live. Yes, it doesn't mean that everything's gonna come out exactly perfect as you hope, but it does mean that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are new creations in Christ. Can't you even feel in that verse that the, 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 the sense of brokenness in the heart of Jesus? When these Pharisees were saying, well, can we do what we want or can we not to divorce? Like, tell me about this, how does this all work? And Jesus says, you're missing the point. Don't you know that I want so much more for your life? He says, that wasn't the way it was supposed to be in Eden. That wasn't how I intended for your life to live in bitterness and brokenness and searching for meaning and all sorts of relationships and hating your father and how your father abused you and your mother hurt you and you were abandoned as a child. I want you to know that the heart of God for you today is I did not want that for your life. It wasn't my intention for you. He says, my intention for you is so much greater. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun, another translation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Guess what? When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, guess what? You are that new creation. You are that new thing. And no longer do we have to go back to Eden. We find Eden in Christ. We find what it looks like to be a mom and a dad through Christ and his word. We find what it looks like to be a, a son and a daughter, how to deal with a divorce that I've been through and the, the ex-husband and how to deal with that when they treated me wrong or my dad left me or this thing, this situation or that circumstance. When you follow Jesus, he makes you a new creation and as a new creation, I respond differently now. I don't have unforgiveness in my heart. I don't have bitterness in my heart. I don't think the way that I used to think. I love you unconditionally even though you don't deserve it. Why? Because I am a new creation in Christ. The old has gone. The new has come. It doesn't change sometimes how it feels. It doesn't change sometimes the pain. It doesn't change sometimes the reality. I'm not here today to say if you give your life to Jesus tomorrow, everything's going to be peaches and cream because that's not the truth. The truth is this. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, he gives you a new pattern on how to run your family. 
He gives you a new pattern for your relationship. He gives you a new pattern for your dating relationships. He gives you a new way to do it. And he teaches us through his word. And he gives us this new family, this spiritual family, where we can learn together how to be exactly who Jesus called us to be. We are new creations in Christ. He gave you a new name. He gave you a new name. Forgiven. Redeemed. Ryan, I've been divorced. Forgiven. Redeemed. Ryan, I, I screwed up in my marriage relationship. Forgiven. Redeemed. Ryan, I was abused as a kid and I can't forgive my dad. Forgiven. Healed. Restored. Redeemed. God, I, my, my dad now, he just, he's not a follower of God and he treats me wrong for following Jesus. Forgiven. Healed. Redeemed. Victorious. You're the head, not the tail. You're the top, not the bottom. You are more than conquerors through Christ. It gives you strength. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. The old is gone. The old is gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's, it's forever gone. I'm not the person I used to be. I don't respond like I used to respond. I don't think like I used to think. I don't act like I used to act. Why? Because I've been redeemed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And He lives inside of me now. And I have the fruits of the Spirit working in my life. And now my family looks completely different than it ever did before. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross. And I accepted him into my life. And he rose on the third day. And now we are new creations in Christ. Come on, read this verse in Ezekiel 36. I'll give you a new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. And I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I give your ancestors. You'll be my people and I'll be your God. Let's read it in another translation. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you and I will take out your stony, donkey, stubborn heart. And I'm gonna give you a tender, responsive heart. And I'll put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. You have to stop for a moment as we end our time together and ask this question. I asked this question for my own life and God's been really convicting me. Look at your family right now and you look at the situations you're facing right now. We have to ask this question, okay, am I, res am I responding in my life as a new creation or an old creation? The, the, the disorder, the confusion, the feeling of unsettledness when there was peace and now there's not. We have to first start with our own, our own selves and say, okay, God, is this disorder because of my own selfish ambition? Where am I only trying to serve myself? Yes, you were mistreated. Yes, you were wrong. I don't want to minimize that reality ever. The Bible says to forgive, but I don't know if the Bible teaches forgetting. Sometimes we remember the things that happened in our life to remind us, to teach us. God uses those things to teach us, to remind us of those things, of how great His grace is in our lives. That we might look back and say, I haven't forgotten that, but I've forgiven you for it. I remember that thing that happened in my life to remind me of how I'm a new creation in Christ. So I will no longer engage you face to face with selfish ambition. And if you come with a new heart and a new spirit and you start leading the following the ways of God and that selfish ambition comes the other way, the Bible says, turn that other cheek. The Bible says, go that extra mile. But I don't want to. Well, neither do I. But by the Holy Spirit's power, you and I can do it. 
See, the family that God intends for you and I is full of peace and joy and life. Is it perfect? No, because we live in a fallen world, but because we're new creations in Christ, you and I are a part of the house of God where we learn how to be men and women of God, where we learn how to be young children who obey their parents, listen to them, and be joyful and thankful and grateful. A family of God where we learn from one another and the mistakes that we've made and we help each other. This is called the incubator. Your new name as a church, Ecclesia. He's given you a new name. It's called the church, Ecclesia, where you can be as you are, accepted for who you are. You get to be just you. Many of us in our natural families can't just be ourselves. But here, you just get to be you. Why? Because I'm not your friend and like you because we got the same hobbies. I love you and I like you because we both have the same name, redeemed. Lost, but now I'm found. Broken, but now I'm healed. We share the same name, the sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we all got our stories of our broken families or our great families. And we get to share together in unity as a family and say, all right, we value family because we're no longer driven by our selfish motivation. We are driven by the heart of new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for your family. I want to pray for you today. I just know without even asking the question that there's people in the room who've had a really tough either marriage, broken marriage, family upbringing, and you're here today and you say, man, all the above for me. I want you to know today, you are, you are in a safe place where you just get to be you. But I'm gonna believe today that as I pray for your life, that God's gonna give you the grace, the courage, the capacity to engage your family, your ex husband or wife, your family, your parents, your brothers and sisters, whatever it might be, it'll give you the capacity and the grace and the courage to engage them as a new creation in Christ. But before we do that, with all the eyes closed in this place this morning, come on, in the first service, we had a young man give his life to Christ. Anyone here today say, Ryan, you know, I, I like what you're talking about. This Jesus who died on the cross for my sins, I'd like to give my life to him. You're here today and you say, Ryan, I'd like, to, I'd like to give my life to Christ today. You've never accepted Jesus in your heart and you'd like to start that journey today along with that young man who gave his life to Christ this morning. Come on, if that's you, just put your hand in the air real quick. Let me see it. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time. Come on now. Come on, anybody in the room today. Amen. Father, right now, I just pray for every person here. Lord, you gave us the family that we're in. It's not by accident that you called us to be who we are and where we are. The Bible says, the Lord, you've determined the times and in the places in which we should live. But Lord, the, the, the message for today is for us to remember that as new creations in Christ, you have redeemed us, you've restored us, and you've made us new. And you've given us the Holy Spirit so that we can endure every single challenge we face with strength and courage. And we are more than conquerors through Christ who gives us strength. It is not by might, it is not by power, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. So I pray for every, every relationship, every marriage, every broken marriage, every young person who has, a, has not met their father or distant father, a strange mom or dad, a distant young child fallen away from you, Lord, who's left the family. 
Lord, any situation in family today where maybe they're not unbelievers and, and you are, or whatever the situation might be, God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit. You would give them a new heart. You give them a new spirit. You give them a new, a, a new opportunity to engage them with lo unconditional love that they would serve. And we pray for the salvation of those that are lost in their lives. We pray that for reconciliation between broken relationships, between fathers and sons and fathers and daughters, God, across the board, we pray reconciliation. That is our message in our ministry, to reconcile people back to a relationship with you. And we pray that you would use us, God, and give us the courage and the strength to do that. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.